0: Hello and welcome to the Interfish podcast, where we bring you the most interesting and compelling seafood news. I'm editor in chief Drew Cherry, joined by executive editor John Fiorillo. We're back from Barcelona, and it was a fantastic show. The numbers were record high for both booths and attendance, and I have to say, this was one of the uh, one of the most exciting shows uh, that we've that, that we've seen i think um why was that well uh well last year there was a return to quote unquote normal we weren't quite there yet and so you could tell this year that everybody made it there um it was Buzzing with business, um, all kinds of of deals being made and uh, just in passing the booths, you could see all kinds of uh, negotiations happening, all kinds of news announced. it was just an excellent show. So it was really uh, fantastic to be there with the IntraFish team. Uh, and we uncovered uh, all kinds of stuff and, and dug up all kinds of great news that's uh, that's on our website. Now, a couple of things that really jumped out uh, from the event, at least from my perspective, is, you know, the the salmon, uh, the Norwegian salmon issue continues to be uh, such a, a overarching theme Uh, prices uh, for salmon continue to really pressure the industry. And there was just a lot of discussions about that. You know, the Norwegian tax, not maybe so much about that. Uh, I think there is concern about it in the marketplace uh, for sure. Um, But I think the heightened concern uh, in Norway and the concern among investors investing into the farm salmon companies is much higher than than uh, the concern out in the marketplace, where people are really worried about the prices. Um, interestingly enough, just obviously talking to buyers, you're you're gonna hear prices are too high. Um, you know they're squeezing our margins. They're um, they're they're going to force people out of business, which by the way is true. There there are there are companies that are going to the wall, and I think there's some real uh, threats. And you, you look at results, and you can see that. So it was interesting and rare that um, that you would hear a CEO of a salmon farming company actually address that, um, and in particular address it in uh, in, in in a uh, magnanimous I think that's a word magnanimous uh, way to say you know what we we need to make sure that uh, that the entire supply chain. Is benefiting here. Uh, Stephen Rafferty, the CEO of Cermac, um, told us that salmon prices are too high. It it cannot. Uh, it 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 has to be good across buyers, processors, farmers, and mm-hmm. right now it's tilted in the wrong direction. So I think that foresight is really important because um, you know we have seen that in recent numbers that have come out in different regions um, that that sales are sliding uh they are dropping as a result of these high prices um you know let's let's see how all that tracks but that was definitely a topic of of big concern um obviously as well M&A continued to be uh con- continue to be another big topic while we were there on the floor um Cook and Pescanova's booths were directly across from one another uh and it was just kind of interesting to think well there we have one, uh, w- you know, one company, unless things go sideways on the the deal, and the negotiations, and it just gives you a sense of the size and scope and scale that Cook is going to have, both in North America and in Europe, um, and really all over. It was just a, you know, it was, it was another another example of just what's what's uh, happening with that that company, and you know, just in general, I would say that the the outlook from most of the industry folks that I talked to most of the CEOs um, that there was a feeling that okay yes it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of rough waters right now but um, but overall and the long-term trend is up for the industry and nobody that I talked to was was concerned that uh, that the seafood industry was headed into uh, any kind of decline. So, um, all in all, I would say really, really a positive show, uh, and gives you a sense that a lot more uh, a lot more excitement is to come for the remainder of this year. Now, one thing, and we're going to talk about this today a little more specifically, was uh, the wild salmon uh, sector in Alaska. We've hit on this a couple of times before, and certainly our coverage, uh, we, we've looked at it a lot. But there was, of course, a record run of sockeye in, in Bristol Bay last year, um, and and a, while a much lower percentage-wise run in Bristol Bay this upcoming season, still a very strong run and, and harvest projected. Um, now, that fish has had trouble finding a home, um, and... That was a, a topic, especially among Alaskans and, and other um, and other buyers in the UK and, and in, um, in Europe, that while there theoretically would be a demand um, for the fish, especially with the demand for farm salmon, it it really has not materialized. And there were reports that some companies had even shipped product over to Europe, couldn't move it forced to ship it back or move it to other ports um that is not a good sign and not at all what uh the industry wants to to have on uh, on their hands when they're heading into a new season which will um begin at least sort of the, the wild salmon season kicks off officially in about 10 days and then the bristol bay fishery starts in um in a couple of months here but Um, John, over to you. Uh, that's enough of a, of a preamble. Um, let's talk specifically about the Bristol Bay catch and about this glut, um, and a little bit about what's being done.
1: Yeah. Uh, this, this week I spent, um, time talking to, you know, the, a lot of the big Alaska salmon processors. It's all on background kind of just to help me understand the situation. And, um, I got to tell you, the mood is is dark, and by that uh, I mean there's some real concerns financially for some of these companies um, because of this this uh, massive glut that's happening. And uh, you, you referenced the fish coming back from Europe. Uh, that was I heard that from several of the companies and um there was one example of where when the first when the fish fish first went over in the fall i believe or you know later in the year last year it was it was priced at somewhere around five bucks 550 a pound you could probably get that for two bucks a pound right now um just because It is that difficult to move it. And, you know, we're having inflation over here, but uh, the UK and parts of Europe are also, and that's done the same thing it's done over here, which is drop demand for, in many cases, for seafood. Um, Salmon sales slid in the UK in March uh, by 12.5%. Uh, And, you know, we had a a great story on it and we had this wonderful chart showing (laughs) the average price per kilo soaring in one direction and the the total sales volumes, you know, uh, going in the opposite direction. So, yeah. And uh, more importantly, what will be the outcome of this? Um, You know, opinions I heard range from. Some companies won't make it through this season. Uh, Other opinions are on the other side that, you know, it's going to be tough. They're going to make it. But, um, you know, they're going to need cash to kind of carry them through, uh, especially this season. And we'll see. Now, the, the good news, I guess, if it's good news, is the run is not expected to be. A record by any means like it was last year. And we really need to keep in mind how big this run was last year. It was massive. So um that gives us a little relief in the sense of you know, we'll be able to not plug the market a whole bunch further. I mean, obviously new fish are gonna compound some of the problem, but A new uh, a run of record proportions would, of course, make things way worse. So, uh, yeah, not not the rosiest times for the Alaska guys, and um, especially for the guys who don't have any pollock to back them up. Pollock has been a wonderful saving grace for a couple of them, uh, just because you know prices are strong in the global whitefish market and. It's given them kind of a place to hide a little bit, but if you don't really have anything beyond salmon, it's uh, it's tough sledding. Hmm.
0: Well, and you know the the context of this year's run, assuming that it bears out, and um, new statistics released uh, yesterday. Uh, From the University of Washington are aligned with the Alaska Department of Fish and Game projections, so we are probably looking at about 38 million fish ish coming in, but uh, sorry, as a catch, um, 38 million fish caught. Now that's still, although it's far lower than than last year, as you said, John. It's important to note it it still is higher uh, it, it's, or sorry, it's still around in line with, uh, with the, the, or higher, sorry, than the 20 year average. So it still remains kind of a, a not a, not what we can consider a small run. It's, it's still a sizable run. And so while, while, as you said, it's not maybe going to, to totally, uh, it, it could be, um, worse, I guess you could say, um, if that's the word, um, uh, it definitely, it definitely catching all this fish, storing all this fish is is going to to compound the problems quite a bit. Now, one thing that was uh was interesting is just all the activities that are, that are being done to try to 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 sell and market. And that was one thing. The Alaska Seafood Marketing Institute uh, in Europe was very you know uh, aggressive in promoting Alaska salmon, and they were. Um, they were there doing their part. You could see a lot of European, uh, or sorry, a lot of Americans really um, present there at the at the booths. Obviously, they want to generate as much interest as they can, not just from Europe, because it's Barcelona the show attracts buyers from everywhere. Um, there, there, uh, there's been some efforts by asME and the Bristol Bay Regional Seafood Development Association and others to really try to build up this interest. Um, some of it's been uh, pretty effective and it's it's helped um, but still um, it, it it appears that there's there's still a lot more that that needs to be done um, to, to really draw down that inventory the the industry actually now is, Um, kind of petitioning the U.S. government, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, to up their purchases Um, because that's been a really, really critical uh, tool for the Alaska industry uh, over the past years to draw down canned uh, salmon in particular, um, which has gone into school lunches and such. So I don't know to what effect they'll be successful with that, but uh what you what you can say is that uh the USDA has been purchasing record volumes of of fish from US companies so um i think in fiscal year 2023 uh the award total was over 100 million dollars so the US government has shown a willingness to to purchase and i think that's going to be really really important to to bring this in in line um bring the inventory in line with demand.
1: Yeah, and you know, as me and the Bristol Bay Regional Seafood Development Association have also put a lot of effort into the retail consumer market here in the US. And I was told by several people, and I, I've seen, you know, um I've seen press along this along these lines that um they have had a lot of success with Costco, Alberts, and some of the big chains, in getting them to finally promote uh, Sakai from last season. There's been a, you know, with with inflation, the retailers really drew back their promotional efforts uh, across the board. But you know, seafood was a victim of that, and without some promotion, seafood tends to languish a little bit. It's it's just the way it is. Um, but, and I've got a funny story that kind of <laughs> goes along with this. But if you have noticed in the last month or so, a lot of these bigger uh, store chains, including Costco, have been selling uh, Sakai for $9.99 a pound. And Costco as I'm being told, was the first one to kind of jump on that promotion at at the behest of some of the marketing groups. And um, basically, the other retailers followed suit. And my story about that is um, this was several weeks ago. My wife called me on the phone. She was at Costco. And my wife doesn't buy seafood. She kind of just leaves that to me to do it. And uh she said, "Oh my God, you won't believe this. um they have like wild salmon from Alaska for only nine dollars a pound nine ninety nine a pound. You can get like a whole side, she said for like twelve bucks or something like that. I'm like, all right, well, grab it first of all, and uh so anyways she, I didn't think of that really until this week when I talked to a lot of the processors, and they gave me the backstory on that and uh, so it's a small example of how, you know, these could be a lot more, these promotions can be a lot more effective than maybe they, they get credit for. So, but, you know, again, we're going to bring more fish in to an already clogged system. It's going to take, one processor told me it, this, it's two years to clear this glut out. Now, I don't know if, that's correct i i don't know if it was hyperbole but you know i have to rely on what what the professionals tell me so
0: well you know what's interesting too is there's more competition than error uh in the u.s market for salmon in particular um you know farm salmon from chile and norway continues to to be so popular continues to grow in demand um, you know, you're seeing uh, Chilean companies now moving farm coho into the U.S. market uh, more. You'll see farm coho actually laying right, uh, which comes in frozen. You're seeing farm coho laying there right alongside um, wild, uh, wild Alaska salmon in in the refresh uh, case. So it, it's a little bit harder to stand out than it was before, and I mean this is this is no, um, it's not a new idea or a new observation, but there there is uh, there is that contrast, of course, between what a, a, a thought out wild salmon looks like um, against a, a farm salmon fillet, and the difference, um, even with the 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 most uh, carefully taken care of fish, is visible. Um, but especially when you have poor handling, which can sometimes unfortunately be the case, then you're really setting yourself back. Uh, and I know this is such a frustration among uh, a lot of fishermen, um, and among a lot of people across the value chain, and a lot of companies. You know, they they don't want to stand behind, <laughs> they, they don't want to look after all their hard work and look at that fishling there in the in the case. Um that's the last thing any fishing company or any farming company wants to do is is go see their fish at the store and, and see it beaten up or see it gaping or, or not looking near as good as uh a, as a, a, a rival, uh as a competitor's fish right there. So um another challenge. Now I don't know what can be uh, what can be done and i think that's um when these these uh, really large runs come in um, depending on how quickly they come in depending on just the entire system um it can mean that the product forms go in a in a way that may even be uh less uh less useful less profitable for uh, for companies, you know, for example, when you get big runs of salmon in Bristol Bay, it's always, uh, it's always going to mean, well, not always, but it's typically going to mean a lot more fish is going to be put into cans, uh, because it takes longer to process a fish into a, a frozen, uh, headed and gutted fish or, um, you know, um, let alone, um, fillets. So, um, John, I, I'm curious what, uh, you've been tracking retail trends closely, um, and, and, uh, and some of the numbers that have come out. And I'm curious, is there any signs with frozen, you know, we had our big COVID spike and we saw people embracing frozen fish. Um, and, and, uh, and, and that seemed like it could be a trend that, that stuck around, but, um, how's it looking this year has chilled and fresh um kind of regained its uh its momentum
1: you know you know in in general no i mean in in the us the uh you know the retail sales just uh, they're literally on a volume basis not on a dollar basis cuz that that's uh inflation injected in there on a volume basis they're they continue to fall lower and it's virtually across the board. Um, let's see in March, uh, you know, they were down again, uh, and uh, there doesn't seem to be a turnaround anywhere in the near term. So it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I I'll tell you one thing I've noticed in in the freezer case uh, the places I've been shopping, it seems the the skews, the actual number of products has been cut uh, and, and that wasn't the way it was uh last year, you know, mid last year to early fall. It seemed like there was more there were more in there than ever. So, I don't know if that's just where I shop or if it's something uh, you know, more systemic, but I wanted to get back quickly too to your, your uh, quality comment, because I don't think anybody would deny this in the salmon industry. Some of the fish that came out of last salmon, last year's salmon season in the Bay was not good. I mean, not good at all. And why is that? Well, because so much fish came in, you know, and Fishmen were put on restrictions, which means they weren't uh, basically told that the processors weren't going to take their fish because the the plants were, you know, plugged. Um, Very few uh, processors put fishermen on restriction last year, which means they took all the fish and they had to process them at a breakneck speed because, I mean, we've never seen that much fish come in, in in one season. So what suffers? Quality suffers, and it did suffer, and that only makes things worse when you're trying to pump maybe not number one quality salmon into a flooded market, but number two or something like that, and um, you know that just that just makes things worse. So there's all of these factors that have combined over since the end of the season last year to make. I mean, make make the situation very, very difficult, very complicated. Uh, so, we'll see, you know, we'll see what's going to happen when uh, the fish start flowing.
0: Well, you know, there's a lot, a lot of companies that are more sophisticated in their marketing than, than they have been uh, in the past, absolutely. And, and fishermen as well are are more aware of the importance of the market too. So, um, so I, I, there is, there is some, there is some momentum that, that I've heard at least to, to work and think in different ways to move, uh, to move product, uh, and to get it in, in front of the right people and to, to build up a market for it. And so, um, there, there's some interesting potential, models to look at. I mean, the Alaska Seafood Marketing Institute does a good job, but they aren't uh, species specific. So they promote all of Alaska seafood and that includes salmon, but um, they can't really drill down heavy into a single product. The Bristol Bay Regional Seafood Development Association, obviously very focused on Bristol Bay salmon. um, But alone um can't make it all happen um interesting model to look at might be the genuine alaska pollock producers um who have who have done i think a a really good job building up um the brand of of pollock um and and who knows there could be something there uh that that people will look at but i'm sure they're kind of eyeing that and thinking about how they might be able to um to replicate some of that because if you remember john i mean there was a period where it seemed like in in fast uh or sorry, casual dining chains and um and not fast food but casual dining and, and uh and other restaurant chains that wild salmon seemed to really have a kind of have its day. This was several years back, but it seemed like there was a lot more uh willingness and you saw it on a lot more menus promoted um, kind of than you have in recent years. Um, I don't know if that's been your impression, but it seems like the shift has been so much more into retail, um, which, uh, which is great. Um, they need to build up a market there, but, um, but does it seem like you've seen just a little bit, does it seem like that's fallen away? Yeah, it's hard
1: to tell. I mean, it, you know, Obviously, COVID hit. We lost all that restaurant side of the business, and salmon. You know, as you mentioned, salmon had a nice foothold. Still does have a nice foothold uh, in food service, um, but but that that side of the business has been slow to come back, and the menus have been pared down, and a lot of the places that sold salmon at the higher prices, those being you know, uh, fine dining and kind of the independence and some of the casual chains, um, their numbers have been trimmed significantly. So there just aren't, I guess the easy way to say it, there just aren't that many customers. So those fish have to go somewhere. So yeah, I mean, divert them to retail and, and that's fine, but then, you know, consumers get hit with inflation. So that channel starts to constrict. So, there, there's just a lot of, you know, there are a lot of forces at play. It's, it's just amazing. It, you know, you, what's that phrase, the perfect storm? I mean, it's kind of what happens here, you know. But I, I wonder, and maybe, maybe we shouldn't go into this territory. But I'm gonna take it there anyways. Um, do we have too many salmon processors in Alaska? I mean. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, okay. Let's let's start with yeah. We do. So, what happens there? What do what are we gonna see? I mean, is this year and the uh, the struggles with the the glut and the prices and the financial is this gonna be a year where somebody breaks, somebody falls? I I, I, I don't think, know.
0: I think yes, um, or there's a a, a bargain a bargain acquisition to be made. I mean, there's been some some processors up there that have really struggled for years. Uh, and you can see with some of the people that have gotten out, um, some of the Japanese companies have sort of said, uh, you know what, um, enough of this. Um, and so um, so I think, yes, I think we will see that from, from my point of view. And there has to be uh, more consolidation. Um, there just simply has to be uh who that will be where that will be uh who knows um but i i will say that there's some interesting things happening with some of these smaller processors um these aren't big processors with a lot of uh you know that are and they will not become big processors these are small companies but they are I, i've i've heard buzz around some of these smaller companies that are doing, um, are doing some interesting things with their product and really kind of positioning their product in a way that gets buyers a little more interested in the story. Um, and so I think there will be room for those uh, those smaller uh, groups, but I, I feel like some of the, the more uh, industrial, larger processors are going to really struggle. Um, we may see some not exist or get purchased or... Plants shuttered. Um, I don't know, but yeah, I think I think we can expect that um, from from uh, from what I see. I don't know what what your thoughts are, John.
1: Yeah that that seems like a likely outcome. Um, now, I guess the caveat being uh, if if they survive the struggles of you know, last season and make it through this season, um, they may be okay, you know, for for at least the short term. But, you know, if if they've had to run and do cash calls and and other uh, ways to keep afloat, that is a very tenuous situation. And uh, I mean, I'm not telling them anything they don't know, obviously, but. I don't know. I mean, I never. You know, we've been doing this a little bit. I never thought there'd come a day where the Alaska salmon processing sector would significantly shrink to you know just a few. It's kind of there, and it kind of could be uh, thinner, you know, uh, in the in the in the future. So I don't know. It's uh, well, I watch like everybody else, I guess.
0: Yeah, and it's coming up. Uh... Like I said, I think the Copper River, it's always the 15th, right? So we're about 10, wa- 10 days away from the Copper River Salmon fishery opening without the Salmon 30 Salmon. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, the Salmon 30 Salmon, for those of you that don't know, is a big plane painted like a fish that was part of a big promotional uh, campaign for Copper River and the plane has been painted over anyway, uh, so that's beside the point. But uh, but uh, but Copper River starts uh, in ten days, and then you get a gauge of what the early appetite is among buyers, not just consumers, but but buyers both um, for for wild salmon. Um, it's always it always explodes out of the gate with high prices, but there's been problems with supply um, in recent years for Copper River, and uh, we'll see how it bears out this year, but yeah, it's really going to come down to what consumers are willing to pay, and in good times, it's not a big deal to, to splash out a lot of money for that first wild salmon of the season. Um, right now, with, uh, with consumer pocketbooks being a little tighter, um, that might be a little bit more difficult. Although I will say, John, yep. to your to your point earlier, before we uh, before we leave off uh, the demand side, you know, I, I was looking at the national uh, National Restaurant Association and their kind of projections for uh, for the return of people to the the food service and restaurant sector, and actually, you know, there was a it was a record uh, a record month in dollar sales now as you pointed out, that can have to do with inflation. Um, It's not all to do with inflation, but it does show that there has been some uptick versus last year, um, uh, not just based on sales. I mean, in the first quarter, they say here that um, restaurant sales were 3.2% above the volume. Uh, In the fourth quarter of uh, 2022, um, so that's that's not a that's that's not a, a small thing. So maybe a little bit of a, a sign of um, of hope there for for restaurants as well. Salmon season kicks in.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I mean, it's improving, but uh, you know, it's just a situation of you basically stopped an entire sales channel for a period of time, and you know, for it to to recover and. Pick up steam and get healthy again. I've seen projections where it's 2025, 2026 before, you know what what some of the uh, uh, observers consider a re- full recovery. I I don't know. Who knows? You know. Certainly, inflation has slowed things down in that sense. But you definitely you, there's definitely an uptick. Um, you know, but. It, to your point about the new fish coming in, I mean, I I'm just from a retailer's perspective. I imagine any fish that comes in, you know, after the the fanfare of the first copper river or whatever, but any sustained supply is going to have to come in at a pretty attractive price point. I mean, I think the Bristol Bay fish is setting that that point right now. To be honest with you, and you know, this is. We've we talked before, and I'm not going to go back on this. But this is uh, this is a a time where a full service case can really do disservice to to seafood sales because I go by I peek in that case I see fourteen ninety nine a pound for salmon. All I saw was fifteen dollars, and I go over and the chicken things nine you know eight fifty for you know a couple chicken breasts or whatever it may be. That is. So so deceptive, but that is how consumers think. Now, we've talked about this. I'm seeing more and more, you know, tray-packed and just, uh, you know, packed portions. You pick those up and it's $7. Huh, $7. That's a lot better than $15. Yeah, okay, I'll do that. So the point being that, when the, when we have a situation like we do, promotions are are ever more important, especially if they're targeted at consumers coming by the fresh case who just see fourteen dollars, fourteen ninety nine a pound. I don't know. I don't fifteen. I don't know if I need a pound. Whatever, fifteen bucks. I don't have the money. You know, it it's just an aside, but that's that's what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, that's, as you said, that's just sort of where we are right now. I mean, I, I think it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see as wild salmon season picks up what we're, what we're going to find. Um, and again, with Copper River kicking off, um, if you don't know about the Copper River phenomenon, by the way, you can go just search on our website, and you can see the the stories we've written about it, and kind of see seasonally what what happens with it. But with that kicking off, it's it's gonna again give us a good sense of what the the appetite is. There's always high inflation, and it comes crashing down pretty quickly the the, the prices. Um, but we'll see uh, we'll see what the demand is gonna is gonna be like, and and how how things go. But right now really looking at a lot of processors wringing their hands, wondering how to uh, how to sell a fish that, that normally is an extremely high demand. It's a funny situation to be in. So um, let's see how they address it. There's solutions, surely. Um, so it's going to require some, um, some interesting um, different thinking, I would guess. Well, hey, let's wrap it up there. Uh, until the next time, remember that you can go to interfish.com, find our work there 24 7 you can sign up for newsletters you can download our app that is on uh, the itunes store as well as on google play and that's a really good way to keep up with us you can get push notifications for breaking news uh and easily customize so you can find the the news that you want to track so make sure and do that all right well from john and myself thanks and we'll talk to you next time